This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Sierra Doctor and Whitney Pittman. Dangerous wind chill and sub-zero temps are the weather story for today. In the tri-state region, the lowest air temperature reported over the past 24 hours was minus 35 degrees. That at Alamo, North Dakota, north of Williston, Pearly, Minnesota, northwest Minnesota, having that same minus 35 degree reading. Hillsborough reports 31 below, Ada 29 below zero, Langdon 27 degrees below zero over the past 27, uh, 24 hours. Wishick dropped to 15 below, Mandag ha- Mandan had a low of minus 13. Snow is going to be moving into the region tonight and tomorrow. Some areas could receive up to four inches. Be sure to pack heavy winter clothing for Christmas travel this weekend. North Dakota Agriculture Weather Network Director Daryl Richeson says there's no snow, but temperatures will be frigid. It will be just absolutely bitterly cold. Several locations were in the minus 30s this morning, and that's just um, probably more of that as we go through the week. Plus, the storm system that we're going to get a little bit tomorrow that really probably won't bring all that much snow. That's going to turn out to be a big giant storm in the Great Lakes, and that in turn will bring a pretty good wind with the cold air as we progress through the end of the week. So really not expecting much, say, sensible weather, no storms um, after that passes. But again, not only will it turn bitterly cold, it's going to be windy with the bitterly cold. Richeson expects slight relief from the colder temperatures later next week. There will be a little Alberta Clipper system that, again, doesn't look very impressive for precipitation amounts. But as we all know, it takes hardly anything to cause travel problems, you know, we'll, you know, with icy roads and that type of stuff. But once that passes through, um, might briefly bring in some cold air next Monday and Tuesday. But then beyond that, as we approach the new year, I'm thinking it's going to warm up, but forecasting warm after being so bitterly cold always uh, makes you a little bit nervous. But historically, if you look back, you tend to have to about 10 days, uh, kind of get a brief pattern flip backwards. So does increase my confidence a little bit. Major winter storm is expected to hit the country's midsection this week. Country Futures market analyst Daryl Holliday says that will likely reduce slaughter levels. Or this weather coming through the system coming through the United States, which tends to be pushing a little bit more east, that's kind of dominated the livestock sector. A lot of days we're not going to kill, we're not going to have any slaughter because of because the holidays are already planned, and now we're losing probably Thursday in some many areas because of that storm. So that's that's the back and forth I think we've seen. The blizzard put a cap on feeder prices with winter conditions turning buyers away in the upper Midwest. Kissed Livestock Auction field man Matt Lockenmeyer says buyers are hungry for weaned bunk broke calves. You know, we started off this fall, we always started off with them yeah, coming off the cow. We started getting into a few weaned cattle. Um, buyers been asking more about weaned cattle once you get kind of into this time of year with the weather situations and, and guys have enough calves that they have bought and that they wean themselves so they just start looking for the wean calves but but up till now we'll start to see a few wean calves and after the first is where you'll get your majority of wean calves coming in the calf market is better than it has been in the past we definitely seen an increase in calf values after 
the holidays, it seemed like after Thanksgiving, we, we took a jump in the feeder cattle and had a strong market, especially on the lighter cattle. The lightweight steers have seen good demand. Good black cattle, you know, steers, especially, you know, getting into them five-weight steers. we got a real high demand for, for them cattle because the futures and everything just look better further out. You know, you get into the, the later months, you know, especially in the fall, and you get, start to get some futures up over that you know, two dollar range based on roughly an eight weight calf. So, so they've been very aggressive on the on the lighter end of cattle, and and we had good demand on the heavyweight. You know, just a timing basis. Some of them seven weight steers. You know, had some good values to them. You know, we sold sold some seven weight steers. You know, just running right up at two bucks on them. The demand has been well for these feeder cattle. NDSU Extension hosted the online-only Getting It Right Soybean Production webinar this morning, sponsored by the North Dakota Soybean Council. The annual conference featured the latest research-based production information from NDSU specialists. NDSU Extension Soil Specialist Dave Franzen discussed intervenal chlorosis in soybeans in the Red River Valley. So if you look down on the plant, you're going to see that the monofoliate leaves, cotyledons, are green. And then as soon as the trifoliates come out, if the, the soil conditions are right, they're the ones that are still going to turn yellow. And we call it intervenal chlorosis. The only cause of this condition is the presence of carbonates in the soil. So if you're doing a zone sampling in the fields, then you have a zone that has a pH of 7 or above, you have carbonates in the soil. There are regional soil testing labs that uh, can actually test for the carbonates uh, so to give you an idea of how at risk certain areas in the field or certain fields are. The greater the carbonate, the greater the risk of IDC. Franzen says there are ways to mitigate the issue. Uh, variety selection is, is extremely important. Then um, the right iron fertilizer, the one that's been the most tested is the ortho ortho EDDHA chelate, uh, goes by several names. Uh, you can also use a companion crop at planting. And then uh, you, if for some reason, by some miracle, you have your weeds all controlled, you could go to a little bit wider row and that'll help you out. But uh, again, you're going to give up some yield. Evidence of herbicide-resistant kochia is showing up in western North Dakota, according to a North Dakota State University study. NDSU weed scientist Brian Jenks explains the issue. We collected kochia seed from some different fields in the western part of the state, and in our greenhouse studies, it appears that uh, these populations have resistance to these herbicides, which is highly unfortunate because we don't have many options to begin with, and now if some farmers don't have these options of using aim and sharpen. Uh, they're really limited on what they can use to control kochia. And kochia is a very competitive weed, and uh, especially in some of our minor crops like uh, sunflower, lentil, canola, etc. Jenks says research will continue to find the best solutions for controlling kochia in the future. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farmers know a thing or two about being tough, and they hold their wheat to that same standard. Their fields need to be able to take on anything, because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store. That's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like WB9590 and WB9719. Both offer high yield potential, standability, and are balanced with protein. Meet your standards of excellence. Plant Westbred. Performance may vary. When it comes to cereal disease protection, Prosaro Pro 400 SC fungicide from Bayer makes all the difference. 
with three effective active ingredients for overlapping control of foliar and head diseases and a flexible application window for head scab. It's formulated to lower dawn, protect yield potential, and promote superior grain quality. Prosaro Pro, the future of plant health starts here. Visit prosaropro.com to learn more. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. A large Brazilian soybean crop is being forecast by private and government analysts. Advanced trading broker Ben Peters says Brazil will begin its soybean harvest in February. Irrespective of their crop size, they'll put that on the world markets and and, uh, uh, U.S. will lose their competitive window here. Our window is closing. So we we are seeing some daily announcements. We uh, two um, two boats yesterday, uh, quote unknown, but it's been uh, mainly China. Where window will close here, some think there's probably about a million and a half tons of bean business left to be booked by China out of the U.S. in uh, in that Feb March window, and that'll be about it. Peter says farmers are vulnerable to price risk between now and February. As the calendar turns over, a new tax year, uh, a lot of these people have met with their their tax people and start to develop a plan to address the rest of the old crop and then start to mitigate some new crop risk, especially in this window here before crop insurance is embedded. So I encourage farmers to continue to challenge themselves to uh, get floors under 20, 30, 40% more than they normally would with the cost structures being uh, so high this year. The Ukrainian government has authorized the Agriculture Ministry to identify critical egg facilities that should be a priority for receiving electricity. With the ongoing threat to its infrastructure from Russian forces, Ukraine has made the food processing industry and agriculture a priority. Some pork cuts like picnics and pork bellies are heading into new highs for the year. Steiner Consulting Senior Economist Alton Kalo says with turkeys and shorter supplies, pork has some ground to make up. I think some of the, uh, the trends are affected by seasonality. You know, that's especially the case for hams and picnics. Usually what we see in the ham market is that prices are higher going into Thanksgiving and Christmas. This year, that seasonality has been further enhanced by the fact that you have a shortfall in in turkey supplies, and so the retailer has been a lot more interested in making sure that they have enough hams around, you know, just to to supplement that and also uh, run more features. Uh, but and then picnics, we've always had a a seasonal uh, uptick in prices going into the end of the year. Kalo says the pork market will settle on prices with higher quality cuts after the new year. You know, traditionally we see the price of picnics come down after the first of the year. I see no reason why that's not going to be the case again this year. So the seasonal effects are are there for a reason. There's certain you know demand that plays out going into the holidays that then you know disappears. Uh, the hair market has got a bigger question mark. Part of the reason why the hair market has been strong certainly has been demand for Christmas and Thanksgiving. As we go into the first of the year, retailers are probably going to look at Easter and see what you know what kind of pricing they're going to be able to have. But then you also have Mexico that's been a very big part of the demand, at least of the fall. And so the question is, is Mexico going to be there again this time around? 
USDA will be heading into the holiday weekend with the release of the latest cattle on feed report. The Wall Street Journal has compiled industry estimates and is reporting the average trade guess for on-feed supplies to be down 3% from one year ago. Placements are expected to be down just over 4%, marketing's slightly higher than one year ago. The year-end spending bill in the Senate includes $250 million for a one-time payment for rice growers. A recent study conducted by Texas A&M University found rice farms would be hurt the hardest by rising crop input costs. A second study by the same school found two-thirds of rice farms they monitored will fail to break even this year. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman sought this relief package. The activist group Friends of the Earth are upset with provisions within the omnibus spending bill. Carbon offset programs are being described as an ineffective way to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. In a statement, a Friends of the Earth spokesman said that is a poison pill and will take money away from sustainable farming practices. Milk production in the 24 major dairy states totaled 17.5 billion pounds in November, up 1.4% from a year ago. In South Dakota, November milk production was nearly 11%. Over the past year, South Dakota added nearly 19,000 dairy cows to the state herd. Minnesota is growing the infrastructure for E15 or unleaded 88 fuel. Minnesota Biofuels Association Executive Director Brian Werner says that is one of the major accomplishments of the past year. We, we did a lot of work to secure both state and federal biofuel infrastructure funding for Minnesota retail locations. So they, they could install blender pumps, uh, upgrade their underground storage tanks. And now Minnesota uh, today leads the nation in retail stations offering E15 or unleaded, unleaded 88 at 422 stations. Um, so that was one big thing that we worked on. And that's something that we will continue working on here in, in the next year. There's, there's additional federal funding from the Inflation Reduction Act. For the year ahead, the association is reaching out to the 70 new members of the Minnesota legislature to educate them about the benefits of ethanol. There is bipartisan support for biofuels, but there is a split between rural and metro constituencies. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is there are not many DFL legislators that represent areas uh, in the rural parts of Minnesota. So a lot of our a lot of our plants are located in the areas that that are controlled by or that are represented by uh, Republican legislators. So that just means we, we do have to do that education piece that I talked about. We have to go out there and really talk about um, how, how ethanol specifically uh, reduces carbon emissions. The DFL caucus wants to address climate change, and Werner says biofuels are an immediate solution to that concern. Checking the mom, uh, numbers, we are seven and three quarter higher for Minneapolis wheat, March nine sixteen. Chicago wheat for March one and three quarter cents higher, and hard red winter wheat for March three and a quarter higher. We're seeing corn for March four and a half better, six fifty one and three quarters. January soybeans seventeen and three quarter cents higher at fourteen seventy eight and a half. In Winnipeg, January canola futures eight fifty nine forty Canadian, a gain of six dollars eighty cents. The December live cattle contract down 12 cents. January feeder cattle a buck 80 to the plus side. The hog futures February down by 137. And as we look to the Dow Jones Industrial Average, we're up by 167 points. Have a great day. Stay warm if you can. This is the Red River Farm Network.